Hey, look what we have found A big sound in a small town Far away from the bright lights They're making music every night Discover what is all around A big sound song called Divorce Looks Good on You at placed in the Don Gibson Singer Songwriter Symposium last year. It's just about that happy feeling when you see somebody come out of a relationship that was a bad fit for them. You feel like it changed them in a way. And it's when they come out and they're starting to act like themselves again and you're happy to get your friend back and see your friend happy. So that's all it's about. Just a fun story. Well, the door eased open and you crept in. I strained from across the bar. You know my eyes ain't as good as they used to be But I knew that face from afar Now I hadn't seen you since the first of June But I heard that Charlie called it quits Left you alone with a double-wide trailer After one of her weekly fits Well, it was hard to hear, but it was hard to miss The changes she'd made to you She took the best of you and then beat you down And you never even had a clue Now here you stand, a drink in hand And where'd you dig that shirt up from? Well baby, believe me, cause I can't remember The last time you looked so fun Hey, mama always told me not to stare But it's the first time you haven't looked blue Oh, she ran you through the ringer Took the ring off your finger Now you got a gray hair too From the very bottom of my heart I'm sorry that the love wasn't true And I know it's wrong But I just gotta say it Divorce looks good on you Oh, take me for a spin And smile at me again Put your hand in mine real tight I don't want anything else in this whole world Except to see you have a good night Well, the Braves are on And I'll bet you alone That they give it up from the start They played hard and you harder to get Will there be no more broken hearts? Hey, mama always told me not to stare But it's the first time you haven't looked blue Oh, she ran you through the ringer Took the ring off your finger Now you got a gray hair too From the very bottom of my heart I'm sorry that the love wasn't true I know it's wrong, but I just gotta say it Divorce looks good on you Told me not to stare But it's the first time you haven't looked blue Oh, she ran you through the ringer Took the ring off your finger Now you got a gray hair too From the very bottom of my heart I'm sorry that the love wasn't true I know it's wrong But I just gotta say it Divorce looks good on you Hey, I know it's wrong But I just gotta say it Divorce looks good on you
Hey, my name is Madison Bridges. I am a native of Cleveland County. I play a little bit of guitar, a little bit of banjo, write a song here or there. And um, it's just a pleasure to finally be on the Big Sound Small Town Podcast with Sandy Carlton. Well, it's my pleasure to have you I on the show. It's um, I've actually enjoyed watching since you've moved back to Cleveland County. Yeah. Watch your growth as a musician. Hey, it's, it's been fun every step of the way and as things happen to be able to talk to you and well, be able to hear a word from you of encouragement and growth and also, you know, to talk a little bit crap. Yeah, yeah well, you know, <laughs> you're talking to me, so you know it's going to be full of crap. But, that, but you know, that, that is one of my favorite things is to see musical growth in young people. It's, it's just a beautiful thing to me, and I've got to watch you just, I mean, I guess I can tell this story. Oh, man, here we go. So I, you I didn't kn- tell me this before we started. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, so I knew you were a talented singer, but then you come to the house one time, and you do an original song you'd written. And it was like, dang. I played with her dad, who I think is just a fabulous songwriter. And he ain't even the best one in the family. <laughs> you know? <laughs> He's guessing me up a lot, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was like I was so surprised because I, I, I knew you I knew that you could sing. I knew you were a good musician. I mean, we got a backstory here that we'll go into about okay. about how we know probably that you were going to be a good musician uh, from the genetics, of course. I mean, your dad, in case people do not know, her her dad is Kevin Bridges. Yeah. Um, With Cleveland County Nepo, baby. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, Kevin, as you all know, if you've listened to my podcast, is um, for close to the past 10 years has been one of my uh, music compadres of of the highest order. You know, we've played a lot of music talked a lot of sh- sh- junk yeah. and and you know had some good times but um so of course the background you know the gene pool is is probably pretty deep but it goes deeper than just that yeah playing guitar and banjo is not you spend a whole nother life playing a different instrument at a high level yeah and we can and we've talked about for reference to me and Sandy have joked about doing the podcast for years. Yes. And I'm so happy that we've waited till now so we don't have to talk about originally we we're gonna talk about marching band. Sure we were. Yeah. And so I love that we've waited now we have more to talk about. But yeah, like Sandy said, I played tenor sax all through school, like a lot of people did, and then I went to N C State and played in marching band, pet band for the whole time sure. I was an undergrad. Yeah. And so I mean that's the that's in 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 addition to um going to school i mean that's a that's a time-consuming thing yeah and i you know uh it requires all the stuff of being a horn player that is totally different than being a string player absolutely oh you know uh uh, now you have to do chords when you do strings (laughs) (laughs) i could play single notes on saxophone it was totally fine yeah you could very accepted and and but but then there's a whole another part of playing sax yeah or any horn or even what i do is harmonica is there's a lot of embouchure a lot of you yeah. have to really work on that yeah and it's something you have to keep up 
Yeah. Which which could you know how is yours now? Oh, not great. Exactly. Not I mean, great at all. I haven't know, played in in quite some time. I still have a saxophone, but yeah, I, I haven't played. I have I have to work on harmonica, particularly if I'm going to go off and play a lot. Yeah. I have to really work to to get it to work right for me. Yeah. You know, if I take too long off and don't do it, it's like yeah, I can do it, but it doesn't sound like I want it to. Yeah. It's the same way. I'm sure you can go pick your horn up now and play it. Yeah. But it won't sound like what you want it to sound like. No, for horn players I would definitely have to get like a number a number two reed or a one and a half. We'd be going down yeah. to baby level reeds yeah. if I had to pick I mean, it up and sure. play today. But <laughs> so so it, another cool part is and no one's ever talked about this on on the show. Oh man, here we go. So how hard is it to play a horn in a marching band? So is marching band's cool because you get I don't remember if you did you do band in high school, Sandy. I can't remember. I did. I did band, but I uh, yes, but I did not march. Okay, it's fun because you remember they make you take the little rhythm test, right? And so they instill that rhythm like so early with the things you're doing. It's a great. That's a great part it. of it. And then by the time you get to high school and you're marching, you've got it enough internally that you're just turning it on. And I will say, I think the biggest thing that and it messes you up if you. I will say if you ever shag dance. It messes you up coming from a marching band perspective. When I came through band, everything you started on your like left foot. Right. With shag, I think with women you start on your right foot. I think they do. Because I always had to remember if we were doing like shag at the beach or something, I'm like, oh, wait, I have to start on the opposite foot. Marching band, you're always thinking different. I hope I didn't say that wrong. It's been like 10 years since well, I was in band now. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's one of the things, you know, you think about you put the time in on your instrument to learn the songs, but then you got to get the marching part. You have to get right. the marching part right, and there's so much with peripheral vision is how that works. But I will say the thing that helped me play in tenor lines a lot with tenor sax helped my harmony so much better later as I've singing, oh, yeah. playing harmony. Sure. Because all I did for all those years was play harmony parts and right. play the melody. Right. And I really do think that helped Oh, me I think that would be a on. great, great, because yeah. your harmony singing is really good, and you're yeah. instant. I mean, it's not like you have to, you find it, yeah. you find it. Like with me, you find it in the middle of the point. No sooner than we start, it's not like I have to doodle around. You yeah. know, you just fall right in. Hey, it's all them half notes and whole notes. I guess, that I had yeah. to play forever in high school and college. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> that's um, I love marching bands. Yeah. I love. I, I I used to love to go to parades just to see marching bands. Yeah. Oh, and bands hate parades the most. Everybody uh, hates parades. The really, most. they hate parades. Hates parades the most because it's such a long time, and you're playing usually like. And you have to you have to walk a long long ways too. Yeah. I, one of my favorite things that I never had to do in college was we never went to the Macy's parade. Oh really? And I was always so grateful for that because every story I heard from the parade was, "Oh, you're up at two a.m. Oh, you have to get in place. Then you have to walk this long path." And I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'd rather." But, but you, <laughs> not but do you that. march places like that in the band. Yeah, we did. When I so for people keeping up, my first year at state was Dave Doran's first season as a head coach. Right. So they went like three and nine, and it was terrible. Uh, Marquez Vasquez Scanlon was there. Yeah. In the Super Bowl. True. So that was the highlight. Um, had like seven home games. So we, we, we sat through a lot of bad things and yeah. as the pan. But we did get to go to some bowl games. We went to a bowl game in St. Petersburg, Florida. So Christmas Day, and that was a lower-tier bowl game. But so as far as for the football team, it doesn't look that good. You're not at a higher level. Right. But for us, we were at the Gulf of Mexico walking out of an oceanfront hotel room athletics paid for on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, So we had a lot of – went to the Belk Bowl in Charlotte, went to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Um, I was never able to do – 
the basketball bands because um, the point system, I was never able to get enough points. Um, but the NCAA tournament, if you remember uh, the crying piccolo girl from Villanova, that was mm. State beat Villanova right. at that game. And so the kids that were in the band, I remember them coming back and be like, y'all, that was unreal. Like, uh-huh. y'all. So, so that was, I did get to go to an ACC women's tourney one time in State. This was, uh, Westmore was hired when I was an undergrad. So the women's team was starting to build back up to where they're at that really high level now. Um, and I remember I went to the women's tourney in Greensboro with the band. And, you know, like when somebody does air ball, right. our student section would do is, you know, you chant air ball at them the rest of the game right. every time they're holding the ball. Well, we were so close to the court that this VT girl had done an air ball, so we kept chanting. Well, she got close to us somehow on the court, and she got the ball again, and we started chanting. And in her face, she looked so upset. And so sad that it broke my heart right then. And I was like, I can't chant this anymore, guys. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm seeing the personal toll it's taken on somebody. Well, so say you go to the um, – and I think this might be more high schoolish, but I suspect it's college-ish a bit. So you go, you know, and you party. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're not feeling good and you're doing the marching band thing. you just like – take time off and not play you know, it's like, <laughs> i don't feel good i'm not playing I, i'm only gonna play like you know <laughs> here and there i did have a friend that i remember we would have to be okay so the thing about band is you're there if kickoff at 12 you're at the band like room at like six yeah to get on the bus and go because state's one of those universities where you're not on campus with your facilities your way so we have to bus over there and i did have a friend i remember that he would go out like friday night and we'd be at the practice field on Saturday and be like, hey, what time did you go to bed? And he'd be like, uh, 5.20. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we definitely, that was definitely there. Yeah. Now did, did, um, this is kind of strange, too. No one ever talks about, I guess, with marching bands and bands in general like that. So did you guys just jam for fun ever? Some people did. I will be honest, when I got to collegiate-level band, as high school, I was like, you know, was an overachiever. Right. And um, wanted to do more things and wanted to learn more right. things. And um, But when I got to high school, when I got to college-level band, and I kind of saw what it was at that level, I was like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> going to do this. Let's <laughs> just I'll do this. I'll be so happy, and I'll be done, and I'm fine. I don't need to do extracurriculars. I'm going to go free tickets to all the football games, the basketball games. I'll be close to the action. And I will say the play-in, I got in trouble one time, so I worked at admissions when I was an undergrad, that was my work study for like three of the four years I was there. I loved it. Well, we would do promo stuff, and there's still a video of me on YouTube, I'm fairly certain, talking about being in the band. And they edited one part out because they asked, like, what was your first game like? And I said, I was like, okay, so you go on the field, there's 30,000 people yelling, it's like a Disney moment. I was so overwhelmed and excited. I, I didn't play. Well, also because you run, State's band runs onto the field with part of their thing. But I didn't play, like, the first pregame at the first game I was at because I was just so like, wow, this is a lot. This is so <laughs> cool. And um, in that interview, they edited it out so well, but they didn't like me saying that, I think, when they saw Oh, I'm sure they did. Music, yeah, oh, and yeah. they took that out, and I remember saying it, and then they cut it out, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> But, funny. yeah, you, you would. And, and it was – I mean, it was very – it's an athletic band, too, sure. so you'd be out of breath. I'm sure, sometimes. yeah. So cool thing about saxophone – saxophone players will laugh at this – you know, when you're in a band that big, State was like 330 people. State, I will always say, is one of the top bands in the ACC. Number one's probably always Florida State because they're just incredible. Um, but State is up there at the top with their performance level and what they do. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, saxophone woodwind instruments get drowned out a lot of True, times by do. everything yeah, else unless sure. it's piccolo. 
uh, we played plastic reeds. Oh. And I know somebody's going to be sitting there and listening, but we had an, an assistant director who joked about it. He's like, you know, y'all can play plastic if you want to. And once I made that switch, I was like, hey, this is, this oh, is yeah. not bad. Nothing breaks. And, you know, you're, you're sacrificing a lot of tone, but you get sure. the volume, and that's what mattered. And, 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 and sure, and really tone in the marching band is not that big yeah. a deal. I mean, yeah. it means know. more for the trumpets and the ones that are sure. going to carry. But yeah. for the woodwinds, you just want that volume there yeah. for yeah. what we were going for. But. But, yeah, Stakes Band is still top of the line. Uh, when I went to a game last year, they've changed the pregame from how they did it when I was there. Um, but really good changes that have more crowd involvement okay. as far as the band of the audience. Which they is so cha- cool. they, did you play the same stuff for four years? Yes. So, yes. so. I know a lot of Johns Philip Sousa <laughs> Because part of the pregame when I was there was like uh, we played like a John Philip Sousa medley. Sure. And um, so, yeah. Okay, I wondered. I wondered, like, no, we're like a band. We got change it up every year. Yeah, no, we, we changed up the shows. Right. Yeah. We oh, yeah, the, the marching shows. part, yeah. but not, but the music stayed. Oh, the yeah, same. the music. We may have got like one new song for the stands every year. That's funny. And then the wild thing about collegiate band too, you know, high school band, you'll you'll stay on something for a long time. Collegiate band. I remember they brought out a show one time, and it was a Beatles show. Well, me and one of the other guys in the section, like big Beatles fans. And the intro was the Hey Bulldog. Yeah. The boom, 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 right. boom. And we were so excited. Well, we ran through it like seven or eight times, and it was clear that the band wasn't picking up on it immediately. And they were like, all right, cut measures one through eight. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> like they, they cut, and if, if it can't be picked up quickly, they're like, all right, we'll move it to the next one. We're going to adapt. Oh. So that was an interesting change from high school sure. to collegiate level band. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. You've had a. A lot of life experiences on football fields. There you go. Yeah, I've seen a lot of really mediocre, really good <laughs> ACC football. I'm sure you have. <laughs> you know, and still subject myself to it. So. True, yeah. true. I mean, I don't think your love for it lessened because you're not marching on a field. Yeah, no, yeah. Did you did you play guitar or anything while you were in college? I didn't. I was very really very shy. Really? About that. I thought it had to be something. I mean, in high school, I would play a, a couple times with friends, and I still have friends that make fun of me when we had to do school projects. I'd yeah. be like, well, we can write a parody song. Right. And I'd bring a guitar, and we'd play our little parody song. Um, one time we did an REM, It's the End of the World as We Know yeah. It, but it was about some kind of endangered squirrel. Oh. So it was It's the End of the Squirrels as We Know It and change the lyrics. Of course. So we did stuff like I that. I know your dad. I can see where you yeah. get that from, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then when I got to college, I was very shy about it. Um, I remember sitting, if anybody went to state, the open area between Sullivan and Lee Hall, I was sitting out there one night waiting on one of my friends, I think, to go eat supper, and I could hear off to the side some guys playing a bunch of Avery Brothers songs. I knew all them songs. Right. But did I go get my guitar and yeah. go out there and do them? No. no. I was scared. I didn't know I could do that. And um, so I think not until the end of college I had a friend, that um, Abby, that would do jams, and she invited me to one of her jams. And um, that was a cool experience. But you, but you knew how to play guitar before yeah. you went there. Knew how to play guitar before I went there, but just was very shy about it. But you didn't know how to play banjo before you went, did you? Did not know how to play banjo. I started playing banjo in 2019 um, with Buck Threlkill out of Fayetteville, Fedville, if we're gonna say uh, it like the yeah, exactly. Yeah. But love him and his wife Susan to death, and that was when I got into banjo. So yeah, that's cool. Thanks. So, so your life now is. To- your musical life now is totally different. Yeah, and I was talking to somebody not long ago about this. I'm very happy. All band kids that care a lot about band, I think, flirt with being music majors. Sure. At some point. Very happy I didn't do that for a lot of reasons, but especially happy because I'd still be playing saxophone. Well, and now my true. interests are so different 
totally. I mean, your musical influences would be totally different too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I always want you to come and play horn when we have band things. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I love (laughs) I love horn sections. You know. Well, they're great, and I still love it. Yeah. I still love it. But I want to be the guitar player now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I remember we went to see Lyle Love It and the large band. Oh yeah, large band. A couple years ago, and I mean, like all the the horns are amazing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Fun. Oh yeah. I've always wanted. I always wanted for a period of time to have a Tedeschi trucks oh, type of, of you know, yeah. with the horns. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to be in bands that. But that you know, the downside to that is uh, you have to pay places to play because they can't pay. You know, I mean, yeah. that's so a lot how, more people on the payroll. How much money you, you get? Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like. Um, what I think too, like bands too it's neat that you can do band at the high school level and you can do it through school it's cool too there's still a lot of big churches yeah orchestras true so i have friends that i played with in college that still play because they have opportunities like that sure so i think it's neat that there's still opportunities exist woodwind instruments don't have to die just because you're not in school but they kind of do though i mean yeah they they do i mean there's not as many opportunities yeah outside of like a church or community orchestra there's not as many as there used to be i mean i mean if you dig around you can probably yeah. Go down and play like with the little theater or with the theaters around, you know, maybe yeah. they'll put on a production where you'll get to play a little bit. But yeah. it's pretty limited. Well, and that was the excellent thing too. Saxophone, trumpet, things like that, you can always jump in with somebody. True. If you want to play the rock band. True. Like No, you can. I mean I mean, yeah. I mean you could even go out on your own as a tenor saxophone player yeah. and, and uh you can almost busk with it. Oh yeah, and I've could, seen people. You know? I saw a guy do it in DC. I remember sure. he was playing the Sesame Street theme song. Yeah. I was like, oh man. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. yeah, it's doable. I mean, I've seen a lot of horn guys busking. Yeah. So not too many horn girls though, but yeah, I've seen horn guys busking. Yeah. If you go to Panthers football games, you'll see them sometimes down there. There you go, out there in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. So you know, but so tell me about your musical path now. Musical path now is I started writing songs. I think in 2019. And so it was about five years ago. And I think I joke with a lot of people. I think I've joked with you before, too, that I had to go through some things before I had anything to write about. Well, I think that, I mean, I, I do think that's something that um, people have to do. I yeah. think you have to live live a bit in order to write songs that are that are even halfway worthy. Yeah. And, and like, I, you know, I, I've used that, what you said before, and you're about the only other person that, I've really talked to that felt that way, but you do. I mean, I before I write other songs, I have to go and let life unfold a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and of course, as, as you know, uh, <laughs> misery is pretty good for songwriting. Oh yeah, you know. Good. I mean, yeah. I mean, being happy. Yeah, is hard to write songs. Yeah, you know. I've I've been accused maybe before of sabotaging my own life, so I'd have something to write about. You know, Sandy does it all for the craft. <laughs> committed to the craft. Just committed to the craft. Well, I mean, I I am in the fact that um, uh, I love a song. Yeah. I don't. I don't have. I love other songwriters' songs. Yeah. Uh, I I like my craft of writing songs about writing about things in my life. Yeah. It's a bit therapy. Yeah. It's a bit life story. Yeah. You know, and and um 
but it is easier to write uh, hardship songs than it is happy songs. Yes, and I, and I would say that most of my songs are not autobiographical. Yeah, like I'm, and even if they were, I wouldn't tell you. Right. But oh, they, I mean, yeah, exactly. They, exactly. And I think it's interesting because you're able to pull from your own emotions, your own sure. experiences, to create a story or create a right. theme in a song. And there may be like a bit of you that really happened in one part, sure. but for the most part, I enjoy that because um, I wouldn't say that most of mine are autobiographical. Because I think people listen sometimes and they're like, "Oh, is that real?" And I'm like, "Nah, no, it's not." No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I'm like, well, that part really happened—the one line. But yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, and, I, and I think that is a big part of it: being able, you know, you know, it's my uh, story analogy. Yeah, you know, is a hamburger, uh-huh. two pieces of bread, and a piece of meat yeah pretty tasty thing yeah i'm writing this down how you embellish it is what makes the difference between a good story and a great story just like a hamburger yeah it depends on how much you add to it yeah you know it doesn't necessarily have to be true if it's if it's rooted in the truth yeah and that's songwriting to a yeah. You know, I might have had this emotion, but I haven't lived it. Yeah. You know, I might have known somebody that's gone through this, but yeah. I'm going to write it from the from the you know the first person yeah. perspective, even though it was not me, me. You know, or I've even thought about this. Yeah. But I haven't actually yeah. done it. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's complicated. It's complicated. Boy, songwriting is both easy and complicated. As I say, and there's always the challenge of you want to say as much as you possibly can in as few words as sure. you possibly can. Oh, yeah, that's really another thing, too. Hit it hard and hit it tough. and yeah. Because, you know, that's the bane of experienced songwriters around, say, songwriters who um, during COVID got a guitar and wrote a couple of songs. Yeah. I don't need to know. I don't need uh, 17 minutes and 20 lines of yeah. your story, you know. Yeah. You, I, I mean, no one's interested as a as a musician. No one. Very few songs that are very long. Yeah. Actually, anyone ever listens to. Yeah. And you can go that from the standard of time. I mean. Yeah. You know that it, there are ones. Edmund Fitzgerald goes on till mm-hmm. the ship sinks, and absolutely. You know, I mean, there are there are songs that that are long songs. Yeah. But, but for the most part, if it's not a jam, so if the music's not surrounding the, if it's just the words itself, you got a small window to say what you need to say. It's hard and get out and keep people interested. Yeah, and and that's always and I think that's the key is keeping people engrossed, making sure that every word has weight to it. Yeah, it does. You're saying what you want to say, and that's a challenge. Just like yeah, oh, it is it's a huge challenge to get that and and do that. And I think that's my goal is to always write a song that I enjoy. But then also that somebody else may enjoy as well. Sure. Because it's thinking about trying to put it in a metaphor. I raise Labradors right. on the side, and I get people people ask me all the time, "Are you sad when the puppies leave?" And I'm like, "No," because I have fun raising the puppies, working right. with the mom up until that point and seeing the growth. Right. And then, but when the people are contacting me, when I'm sending them pictures, and then when they come pick them up, the joy that I already right. experienced, but right. now they and have, and then they get to. That's, yeah. pr- that's that's pretty so, good because I haven't. I've never thought about it that way, yeah. you know. Hey, puppies make everything cuter, even now. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, puppies are <laughs> puppies are, and and as one of the real problems, this is not a music thing, but it is one of the real problems to where dogs wind up uh, being abandoned or, or yeah. put out is because puppies are cute. Yeah. As they get older, they get they get, they get, get tired. 
They're like yeah. kids. They're like babies. Babies are cute. Yeah. But then you can't just give your kids away and yeah. you know, put them out. <laughs> well, my mom and dad maybe a bit, but, you know, it's like go out and play and don't come home until it's dark. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but. And there's that. There's I try to keep, I try to have fun, and I try to have fun with what I write and, and try to make it in a way that other people will enjoy it as well. It's always the goal that I have going into it. Uh, talk about the Don Gibson yeah a songwriter so i did so i've been writing since like 2019 and i had played with mostly friends um so last year the don gibson songer sing oh if i can talk the don gibson singer songwriter symposium uh song contest that they do every year in shelby here with us um i knew it was happening and i i more or less did it i did not care what the result was i did it just to prove to myself that i could because yeah. I'd been doing it long enough, and I was like, really, I ought to do something with this. And ain't, these songs ain't doing no good that I've written just sitting here. Right. And um, and wanted to do more, wanted to challenge myself. So. And, and, and I think you have to know, you you have to get something to say, oh, maybe I should do this or maybe I shouldn't do yeah. this, you know? Well, and there's a whole, and we could get into that, too, with bluegrass. I mean, with jams, there's, you know, you got to get out of the comfort zone of I'm going to walk True. into this room and not know anybody. Right, yeah. So there's, with the music, I think there's any comfort zones like anything else. But, but that was my whole goal was just to prove to myself that I could do it. And um, I entered one of my songs called Divorce Looks Good on You that I'll play later. Um, I entered that song and it ended up, I got second place. And I, I joke with people that the second place prize, the first place prize was $1,000. Second place prize was less than six hundred, so I didn't have to tell the IRS about that one. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh yeah, I, that's I mean, hey, I'm playing. I will. That's but, the, you know, that's yeah. the um, yeah, that's real, the beauty the of it. If you're lower than six hundred dollars, sure, that's, it that's is. the winner prize money, right? I agree. But yeah, so that was and that was a wonderful experience because um, that was fun getting to meet all the other songwriters right. in the area who had entered and getting to talk to people and hang out all day. Pull. And it was really, really cool. Plus experience. you got to do a Don Gibson song in the Don Gibson the theater. theater. for Miss Bobby Gibson. That is. Don's wife, yeah. That, that, you know, I've done it too. And that's the, that, the only reason I did it was to do a Don Gibson song in, in the, the Don, Don Gibson, Gibson theater. theater. Yeah, and that was, I remember they opened it. They said they had opened up the song list to even wider. And so it was also really cool because it was like forced homework in a way. Yeah, it is. Where I had listened to Don, but not as deep as right. that list went. And I made a Spotify playlist and was listening to it while I was at work, you know, sure. working. And I was like, I got to pick one of these songs. Yeah. And then, but that's as as a native, as a Cleveland County native, that was some good homework. Oh, it is. To I agree to totally. Get deeper into and, and and you you dig deeper, and you get worried that. Oh, three of us going to do the same song, yeah. you know? Yeah, because so, everybody wants to do See a Heartbreak. Sure, yeah, or, or everybody wants yeah. to do, yeah, or, or uh, Oh, Awesome Me. Oh, Awesome Me. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, he's got several that everybody wants to do. Yeah, yeah. So you have to. And that was fun. And the whole crew at the Don Gibson, like Million Stan and Scott, everybody's so nice. They are. So that was a really fun experience to get to do that and meet all the cool It's people. also turned into other jobs down there for you, too, has yeah. it not? Yeah, I've got to play, um, Don Gibson, if y'all haven't been to a show at Don Gibson, they'll have your performer in the theater, and they'll have somebody playing in the lobby bar area before the doors open. So I've got to play before, um, like, Pam Tillis yeah. last year. Took my grandma to that one. Yeah. She had a great time. Right. So that was worth it for that, but I had sure. a wonderful time as well. Oh, yeah. And, um, but I've played down there a couple times since um, before the main act, and that has been a super cool experience. So, yeah, really grateful to them. And grateful to y'all. It's, it's also one of those things that it was a it was a success and a fun day for a personal journey. But seeing um, my dad texted me, you texted me, yeah. your wife Donna, my mom, my cousin. Yeah. 
people that came and were just sharing and enjoy with sure. me. And I remember I called, uh, have a really good friend that plays mandolin, lives in Seattle now. And I remember I called her outside and I was like, I made it to the final round. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I guess I guess we're going to keep doing it. I guess we're <laughs> going to do it another time, you know? So it's, to share in that joy with others sure. was a really profound experience. It was really special. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, sure it is. And I think, I think based on that alone, it has really propelled you to want to continue this. Yeah. More so than before. I mean, before it was something you were noodling around with. Yeah. Yeah, and having getting out there and somebody going, "Hey, I like that," makes you oh, it encourage does, it you does, it does way to be like, yep. "Okay, well, maybe I should keep doing that." Well, so. now, how yeah. is it playing music with your dad? I mean, it's you know, you know how you know how family is, <laughs> <laughs> and I know how your dad is. <laughs> oh no, that that's fun, that's fun, and him and I play with him and Danny Parker a good bit. And then with you guys, with the handsome John, yeah. Sandy, Dale Britton, Randy Saxon, Emma Buckner, yeah. every, Chris Rogers, Chris Rogers, everybody, I get everybody's name in there. They, uh, that is so. Everybody gives me so much grace, and that has been so great because you know I had played by myself in a room or at bluegrass jams, so a lot of the nuances of the electronics of getting things right in the mix, right. of doing things like that and getting used to that. Everybody has given me so much grace and helpful tips to learn because y'all been doing this for years. Yeah, bit. So it's it's fun to hang out and and I think they don't get mad as me. Y'all don't get mad at me as much. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah, I mean, hey, if I see you coming, I'm handing you my guitar. You know, <laughs> I'm going to hand you a guitar and get off stage. You know. <laughs> So yeah, there's, it's been really fun to do that and to learn and also to be a part. You know, growing up, I saw everybody play. You know, yep. the same people I've seen. Right. And that's what we talk about. You know, we talk about, okay, it's in your family, but any kid that grows up in Cleveland County, we are so rich in musical heritage. We are. We are so rich in music. Earl Scruggs Center does a great job with the Hen House Prowlers. Sure. Making sure. And I remember when I was a kid at Burns Middle, uh, Laura Boosinger yeah. came and did Laura. a thing. Laura's like, great. So we, we have yeah. such a rich musical heritage to pull from, and it's never... When I've lived in other places, it's been kind of an oddity. Sometimes right. when somebody played music, they're like, oh, they play music. Here, everybody plays. Everybody plays. And yeah. it's cool. It, it's more welcoming. and it's So I think anybody growing up here, whether or not you were directly in it, your family was directly in it, right. it's so easy for you to step out and try it because we have such a good community. To we, we do, and they're pretty helpful among each other. Yeah. I mean, it's not really, really here. Everybody – pretty much uh, the musicians encourage each other it's not really a cutthroat music scene no this is our and if you hadn't caught on this is me and sandy spiel about why you should move to shelby north carolina True. or cleveland county and come play music with us actually i've been a, i've been a <laughs> part of this community for a while and something that i'm just going to go ahead and announce it on this show uh north carolina has three cities that have been designated music cities yeah and and the only pl- other place that has been a part of this is Texas. So Shelby has been designated designated a music city. There you go. Um, and it, they're going to have a ceremony and all. Um, I, I'm not sure when it's been supposed to happen, but it's going to happen. Yeah. But it, it is a it is a music city. It's a cool place. A lot of good, yeah. a lot of fine musicians here. Yeah, and I mean, we also... A lot of genres. A lot of genres that you have around here, a lot of good local talent, the bands, the orchestra programs, and the schools are really good. And um, we also have ready access to all the flavors of Sundrop and Liver Mush and Barbecue. So it's a good place to be. It is. I agree. (laughs) I mean, mean, that is... um, 
That's our spiel for breakfast Boone, of champions. County. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, you and I've even done a duet on stage. Yeah, yeah. The first story Sandy talked about when I went to his house, that was with the Hanson Johnnies when they were start when y'all were starting up the Hanson sure. Johnnies, the John Prine cover band. Um, Sandy asked me, he was like, "Hey, do you want to do in spite of ourselves?" And I said, "Yeah, but can I come and we can work it out? We'll figure out the harmonies because I have a low voice, and so a lot of the female harmonies I have to sure. change up." And um, but that's when I went over there. We did that, and that's been fun. Yeah. Getting, to, getting to be a part of the Hanson Johnnies has been really it's fun. fun. It's a fun. I, I mean, I'm tickled to be a part of it too. It's yeah. a it's a fun thing, it, it, and I think that is the whole premise behind the Johnnies. Yeah. Is this fun? Yeah. Because it's um, we do John Prine. I guess you would call this a John Prine tribute. Yeah. Show not yeah. so much as an act. I reckon. Well, neither one of y'all's come out in that hair or the cigarette. No, show. we hadn't. But y'all that could happen. That. that could happen. Yeah. You know. So it's um, and you know that's been a fun thing. People seem to enjoy it. Yeah. We seem to draw a pretty good crowd when we do that. Uh, which is which says more about John Prine's popularity than absolutely and, and well, than us. You know? I, had, I had thought about it instance the first time I think everybody remembers like the first time they saw a movie that was Oscar worthy yeah. or a song that made them the first time you have an experience with a piece of art that makes you think differently about that art as a whole. Um, when I was in middle school, my parents had tickets to see John Prine. And they took me and my brother. And, you know, I was in middle school, so I think I'd not really listen. You right. Know, you just listen to whatever. Sure. And um, listen to a lot of classic rock then. But the opener was Sarah and Sean Watkins. Yeah. Oh, her, yeah. Uh, her self-titled album had come out. And I'd heard a lot of that. My dad was working at WGWG, the Garden Web Station, sure. at the time. And um, and then they also played a Morrissey song, and I was in middle school, so I was all about oh, Morrissey. Oh, yeah, Morrissey. You know, you yeah, oh, yeah. Well, so I had fun that. And then John Prine comes out, and he's playing. And I remember he played Sam Stone. Yeah. And I remember really tuning into that for whatever reason. And um, it's a sad song. It's a sad when I think tragic song. The song, the line about Jesus. I was like, can he say that? No. Is he okay to say that? And uh, but I got home and I looked it up and you know learned it. But that was I think that was the first time I heard a song and I'm like, oh, this is different. Yeah. These can be more than just sure. Sure, they can. They can have weight and yeah. 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 Oh, that's pretty cool. You got jobs lined up. Yeah, I got a goal we're talking about for this year. So I started playing out last year after the songwriter contest. Um, and so my goal this year is, you know, try to have a gig a month. And hopefully by the end of the year we'll have something out for people to listen to. Um, some singles, maybe an EP. But that's that's my goal. That's I've cool. had this stuff stored up, so, you know, i got to put it on paper and right. kind of get it out there. Yeah. Um, you just put yourself on the spot, too, you know. Oh, yeah. Now you're going to have to do now this. Now i hold myself accountable. Exactly, we yeah. We'll manifest it. We'll speak it into right. existence. I right. Guess. <laughs> right. Seems that way, you know. I mean, I don't know. If, uh, uh, so when do you play next? I play next. I'll be at Dragonfly Wine Market in Shelby at the end of the month on Leap Day, February 29th. We're on oh, okay. Leap Year. Um, so I'll be there next. And this is a plug for Dragonfly, too, as our local venue does a wonderful job. We have oh. people that come from all over and play Dragonfly, and they're like, that's sure. a really listening room. It's a listening kinda. room. It's, Jamie does a great job, and everybody, Bill and Bill, like, everybody sure. does a wonderful job. Well, you know, this is this is something that um, we have. A, we now have a Cleveland County Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. And currently, of, of people in Shelby, I can think of no one who has done more 
for live music in this town than Jamie Coulter. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's not he has acts not just this town. Yeah, and they're they're diverse. Yeah, they're they're different, and he has a listening room part for it. I mean, you can come in there and dance. We've had people come and dance, but mm-hmm. but by the same token, most of the people in the front room listen. Yeah, and, oh, and you come if you come to one of Sandy's songwriter nights, the big sound small town songwriter nights. I mean, you hear a pin drop. Oh yeah, playing people are very focused. They are, and um, so yeah, we just yeah live in a great area for music, and it's just right. around us. It I is. Think. It is. It's all, you know, fueled by liver mush and sundrop. Liver mush and sundrop, that's yeah. right. So, Madison, I appreciate you coming to do this show. Is there anything else we need to know that we're missing? I don't know. Um, I know you ask people all the time, like, do you, do you pull out the dictionary and do, like, the writing exercises yeah, and do stuff you? like that? I don't. Um, do, you have, do you have a rhyming diction? a, a rhyming app on your phone i do absolutely use a rhyming dictionary good um, i write a lot of songs when i'm driving driving is a good place yeah and um, i just kind of do it as i feel like it um and i will kind of get on myself to fix lyrics um but as far as coming up with melodies or anything like that just kind of do it as i feel like it yeah and just try to have fun with why you know another one of my beliefs is even even to the point of recording a song yeah that doesn't necessarily mean it's in stone no. I mean, I've changed stuff that I've written and recorded, yeah. and I've changed it. And it's not because – I mean, now, yeah, a lot of times I change my words because I forget them at my age. Yeah. But, but I mean, I've, I have, you know, written songs, recorded them, and go, oh, that line wasn't really that good, and find a way that I could not find to fix it at the time, you know. And why, it would be something simple. It's like – Man, why couldn't I figure that out 10 years ago, well, you know? And then I have one I remember that it, it was always one line that kept leaving me, and I couldn't figure out what worked best for that line. I thought of it one day, and, and dang, if I didn't write it down. Yeah. So I lost it, and I was like, well, I'm still looking for that line. I'll find well, it eventually. Well, you know, the great thing for me as a songwriter these days is my phone. I can wake up in the middle of the night with an idea and either put it in my notes or put it in my put it in my you know, recorder and, and yeah. I got it where used to I'd get up and it'd be the paper and sometimes I'd get up the next day I couldn't even read what I wrote, you know? Yeah. And, or and I used to have songs on uh you know, John Prine and I uh we had the same job for a while mm-hmm. and I think we both did the same thing. Scott Miller said told me one time that he had Scott said that John Prine and I did the same thing. He said, y'all were out delivering mail, and y'all wrote songs on any piece of paper that you could get. I wrote them on people's envelopes and stuff, you know? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, so modern technology has helped that. But you can go to my house and shake stuff. Three or four songs will fall out, and there'll be things I don't even remember writing, that they're on a piece of paper somewhere, where at least now I'm going my notes on my phone and say, oh, yeah, I did start that, didn't yeah. I? It's a, so. it's a way to keep track. And I will say one thing that I have a challenge with is, like, from playing banjo, I love playing banjo 
on things that aren't bluegrass because I think it can be sure, applied to that. It can. And um, but I do have like I think I push myself too hard about. I can put a banjo on that. And then, oh, like, you really don't need it. You don't need to put that on there. Don't worry about it. Well, you know. <laughs> so figuring out instrumentation on songs as you go along is a, is a fun thing well, to do. Yeah. Well, you know, you take a banjo for instance. I was working on a banjo song when you got here. Yeah, but, yeah but, and Sandy didn't record it on a voice memo, guys. I was giving him, I'm like, you're not going to record this? No, I'll remember it. I'll remember it. We'll see. Uh, uh, but, you know, banjo now is a very broad palette, yeah. where, whereas it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. I mean, you can, of course, there's a whole other school of old time and mm-hmm. claw hammer. There is, you know, and still to this day, there are Dixieland uh, jazz players that play banjo in a total different, you know, it's a str- strumming plectrum mm-hmm. type of, of banjo. Then you got the the guys like Bela Fleck. I mean, it's just hard to uh, Brian McMurray of Acoustic Syndicate who yeah. play a whole different version than Earl Scruggs. And then you got some fine, straight up Scruggs bluegrass pickers that are just, you know, it's the heart of banjo. Yep. It's the heart of bluegrass really the spectrum's huge yeah huge spectrum yeah so banjo you know it's a and i know i know it is a an instrument that uh actually came to america through slavery i think yeah. you know so it's it's a um and there are actually now uh black bluegrass banjo players yep fine ones yeah trey wellington absolutely you know there's others too i mean he's not the only one yeah jake blunt yeah uh so i mean you know i I am glad to see that go kind of full circle though oh yeah the banjo being accepted more in wider everything and calling back to more of the historical context that people were talking about more just really cool to see the evolution of that instrument yeah so many ways so it is like very American instrument is what it's very to be. very it's is going on and, and bluegrass is a very American music yeah I mean I mean it is American music yeah. really yeah um uh yeah it's weird that people you think about American music but it's basically the blues bluegrass or even jazz is an American really American absolutely music that's yeah. because the jazz players just Never learn what to play, so they just play anything they want to. (laughs) (laughs) And play it, and I can't understand it, so we're good to go. So, again, Madison, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Joy to be here. All right. This song is called Easter Sunday. Um, Wrote it a couple years ago, and was just trying to have fun. It's just a breakup song about happening on Easter, I think is all it is, but just try to have fun. Easter Sunday and I'm broke I slept through five alarms this morning alone I can't go to church, I can't get out of bed The life I wanted now is in my head A pastel's passing on the street Happy people, they don't care nothing 
about me I look away because it's all I can do It's Easter Sunday and I'm missing you We're gonna get old together We're gonna make it We're gonna survive it all, man I thought that we could take it that ain't happening now and no matter how I try I'm only sitting here and wondering why you had to pass me by it's Easter Sunday and I'm gone I can't get you out of my head I can't go it alone I guess I should call it off and just say that you won but I know these things are not so easily done That we could take it But that ain't happening now And no matter how I try I'm only sitting here And wondering why you had to pass me by It's Easter Monday and I'm done I think I'll sleep it off And then I'll wake up at one I call you up and profess my love for you I just can't believe that we're through.